What is up, people, and thank you so much for listening to our special edition of New Generation Hero Talk. This is our Comic-Con recap show. When we were doing our production meeting before the show, it became very clear that there is literally a bunch of stories to unpack. There are probably 10 to 15 stories we could do for the Comic-Con recap show. So because of the the nature and the, 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 the large some of content we have to cover we're splitting the show up into two parts so we're doing part one tonight this is the show recorded on saturday night um covering the movie news that we got from uh comic con that's happening over in san diego this year um we will then do part two tomorrow which will be up tomorrow you could hear all of our thoughts on the television news that is happening so we figured the best way to do it split up hollywood and the or at least split up movies and split up uh, big screen silver screen. yeah big screen silver screen exactly whoever however way Kendall of course quick quick witted was able to come up with the while I was trying to say there so that's I think how we're gonna do this show this is part one so we're gonna focus on movies and boy or there's a lot of stuff to talk about when it comes to movie news and trailer releases so this should be a great show this is a good time also to point you to our YouTube channel New Generation Media where our official reaction video to the Aquaman trailer is up, so you maybe listen to the podcast already know what Kendall and I already think about the trailer. We'll hear Shamari's opinion in a moment, but we should, uh, if you haven't, check out our official reaction. That's our initial reaction to first seeing the trailer on uh, uh, on our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. Make sure you like the video and subscribe to that channel. Now, with all that said and done, let's get right to the fun stuff. Let's start the show. Beginning with my co-host, I'll go to Shamari first. Again, uh, Shamari was on the YouTube video, but he has a lot to say this week. Shamari, uh, what, are you, what are you looking forward to talking about today? I'm looking forward to talking about these trailers. Um, yeah, I mean, these. The, the, I I very much enjoy the, the trailers that we got. I wish we would have gotten more trailers. Some trailers we didn't get, but people at Comic-Con got, but... You know, I can't complain too much. Shamari, <laughs> man. You no, Shamari, you want, when you want to pay for your five hundred dollar ticket, <laughs> you know, and, people, and your, your hundred dollar, you know, Comic Con ticket, look, then you can on, go San ahead. Diego, San Diego, we gotta get press pass. I right, look, yeah, 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 no fly me. They gotta fly me out. I'm not, I'm not afraid to be flown out. You give them some free press. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now we know how the people in California feel when we talk about the New York Comic Con stuff. I'm not sure that I'm not sure they really get too jealous about the stuff we. No, nah, they care. Yeah, this year we, I think, I felt last year we got some good stuff, but typically. I think the only year it was like that was when the Avengers. Yeah, that first there. year, which I, I'm telling you, I still think there's a chance that they're going to wrap the 15 or whatever, how many years, 10 years of of, Mar- of, of the MCU by doing it where kind of it all started with the Comic-Con panel for Avengers at New York Comic-Con. This year. That's my bold prediction, yeah. We better get there extra early then. <laughs> oh yeah, well, so when we get there at five AM now we gotta get there at three AM is what yeah. you're saying. Uh Kendall of course is here as well. You just heard him inject there. Kendall, what are you for looking forward to talking about today? Yeah, I mean, obviously on this movie edition there's going to be uh plenty to talk about. Some very good news, uh or at least interesting news. Some not so great news for some companies, but um very, very loaded week, man. I mean, I think we all expected the uh, DC stuff, you know, the trailer. We knew they would be there. 
We didn't think we'd have anything Marvel to talk about. We were wrong. Oh um, boy! If this was any other week, we'd be this would be the whole first hour of the show. Maybe. Yeah, probably. Massive man. news coming out of Marvel. Yep. Um, very controversial. Honestly, this is honestly the best time for this to happen in Marvel. You know, if there were any great time for this to happen, it was now. And we'll talk about a little bit about what uh, Kendall. <laughs> we'll referred, talk about that later. <laughs> Kendall's referring to in a minute. And I think it's interesting when you also compare combine that with the fact that Comcast is now out of the running for Fox, which is also huge news. Comcast dropping its bid to buy Fox, yes. clearing the way for Disney. So I think Marvel was maybe hoping to kind of let that be kind of the big news heading into Comic-Con this weekend, and that certainly was not the case. I'm sure we weren't in San Diego, but I'm sure there was, there was probably a lot of chatter going on about this. But again, we'll talk about that yeah. later. <laughs> Let's start the show. First off, um, I think it's very important for us to give a somber R.I.P. to Mr. John Schnepp of Collider um, and Metalocalypse. There you go. The movie he directed. Uh, he un- or show. Yeah. His TV show. show. Sorry. Well. Directed yeah. uh, The Death of Superman. The Death of Superman. Lives and what happened. Yes. Yeah. Um, he passed away on Thursday. Uh, if you guys have listened to this show... We have you know adopted some of the schnepisms like sweaties and things like that, as many people in this medium have done. Uh, we got to actually, or as I, I got to meet John Schnepp very briefly at New York Comic Con last year. He was a super nice dude, um, and hearing his passing this week was rough. But we knew that he was in some grave uh, health situations over the last week, and it seems like uh, they got worse and worse as things went on, and... Uh, he's no longer with us, but I think he's with us in spirit. I think that uh, he'd be proud of the tributes that people have given to him since he passed away. Any uh, anyone want to say anything quickly on the on the passing of uh, Mr. Schnapp? Um, he'll definitely be missed. You know, he's one of those people that you see him his commentary, and you just you you just immediately feel like you're talking to someone that is just being themselves. Yeah, and that genuinely cares about the content that they're talking about, and that knows about the content, and it, and it, he was just a joy to watch. Mm-hmm. He was a joy to watch. You felt like you were there with him, enjoying uh, this, enjoying these topics with him, and that's something that you can't. I can't say about a lot of other people that we watch, right, and uh, listen to. So he was definitely a very special person. You could tell by all the well wishes that he's gotten from the fans as well as the other people in Collider who he was working with. And I've seen like um, I've seen directors, yeah, and other uh, people, fellow directors, yeah. fellow Hollywood producers, people, actors, yeah. actors, I mean celebrities uh yep. putting out. So I mean John had a had a grave impact on a lot of people as we we've seen. Yep. A great impact rather than not grave. Yes. No, yeah, this was uh this was certainly a blow. Um you know, I we all kind of started watching Collider. Uh, Shamari had put me onto it initially. Um, and, I mean, he was one of the original people. I mean, it was him, John Campia, and then eventually the, you know, Mark, when I started watching Mark Ellis and Christian Harlow, and Christian Harlow were newer, but, um, but it, it's, it's, it's honestly, I mean, it's a shame. You know, we saw them have the Collider Hero show, which sort of been an influence for our show. Absolutely. He ran, he ran that entire thing, um, and I mean, yeah, a lot of the running jokes that we tell, a lot of them come from John Schnapp. So yeah, it's certainly, uh, certainly tough, man. 
Yep. So again, we uh send uh his wishes to his uh fiance Holly, um and his family. May he rest in peace, and we may we all stay sweaty and continue on uh talking about the stuff he loves to talk about, which is superheroes and and television and film. Today we're doing superhero films. Let's start off uh the show talking about the new trailer for Aquaman, guys. So we knew, like Kendall said, we knew we were gonna have uh some some trailers coming out i think this was the one that was probably most anticipated and most expected based on uh what we had been hearing all weekend a lot of the promo that had been happening that dc was leading up leading up to this for dc and they they released the uh the trailer for the the james wan directed film starring jason momoa and amber heard um it's the first official trailer that we've seen from aquaman i think it's the first footage we've seen from aquaman we haven't really seen anything uh, it features some what I think are stunning shots of Atlantis, along with some uh, details in Arthur's upbringing. Some shots of what the conflict is as to po- as as uh, as Ocean Master seeks to uh, 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 you know take over the seven seas and bring hell basically to Earth and to bring that war uh, to uh, to the Earth dwellers front and 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 the the quest for Mira to try to get Arthur involved. To take back the throne that she believes is rightfully his, since he is the daughter of the, he is the son rather of the queen. Um, his father was a fisherman. His his uh his mother was the queen of Atlantis. So a lot to unpack with this. Me and Kendall talked a bunch about it already. I got to get to Shamari first. Shamari, what did you think of the Aquaman trailer? No, I love this trailer. I think this is a fantastic trailer. Um, I think the visuals are stunning. I think the story is engaging. I think the acting looks like it's going to be very good and, and fun to watch um and uh yeah it just it looks it's basically it kind of knocks everything out of the park i mean momoa is great we all knew we'd love momoa and um and the visuals which is kind of this is it, it takes place in atlanta so the visuals are critical yeah in a movie like this and the visuals are amazing <laughs> I agree. so you're already way ahead of the curve when the visuals are great. Now they just need the stories to be great and the characters to be great. Um, I mean, they even added Manta in his full suit. Oh, man. You know, shooting the laser beams and and their deadly laser beams. You know, they're not just little tiny beams. Like, it's crazy. Like, they, they did a wonderful job with this trailer. And I can't wait to find out more about the movie um, and just to see more of it. Now, Kendall, uh, we all agreed that we, we the, the visuals were great um the stuff in atlantis obviously was heavy cgi to me as i said on a youtube video it looked like a, a massive upgrade from what we saw in justice league i actually got to watch that justice league scene that happened in atlantis with steppenwolf and this just to me looks night and day there have been complaints about some of the cgi users being it, it being too much or, uh, or not being up to snuff. Well, what do you make of some of those complaints that are happening? I think they're not as loud as the praise that they're getting for the stunning visuals that I think are stunning. But what do you what do you make of that? No, yeah, I mean, I thought this trailer was uh, was certainly um, certainly a really good trailer. Um, I thought the visuals for me were fine. Uh, I guess maybe because I hadn't we hadn't really seen Atlantis yet. Uh, I mean, we had seen them underwater and stuff, but it was it was very minimal in Justice League. But to give, get a full look at the aesthetics of Atlantis was that was certainly cool. Um, 
I think, uh, obviously, Aquaman and Jason Momoa brought the same type of energy that he brought in Justice League, which was good. Because um, I thought Momoa was good in Justice League. You know, I don't think that he was a reason why that movie was underwhelming for a lot of people. Uh, I'm not going to... Like, if I were to rate this trailer out of 10, I think it would have probably somewhere around an 8, 8 or 9. Uh, nine's a little high, but I'd say around an eight. But I mean, these movies aren't one on trailers, so I wouldn't. I'm not gonna overreact because I mean DC's cut good trailers before, but this is certainly uh certainly a step in the right direction. You know, it was very colorful trailer, uh, very light, um. Not not a very not as gray as the DCU has typically been, mm-hmm. so I mean I, I'm I'm all for this Aquaman movie right now. Uh, I'm not totally buying that this movie will be great because, well, I look at Warner Brothers' batting average and it's not t- t- you know, particularly great. Yeah, so. they're the Ray Ordonez of movie making right now. Right, <laughs> you know, so I I. Uh, so I can't completely buy that Warner Brothers is, is, is that this is a guaranteed success. Like, if this were Marvel, I would be all in and saying, oh, yeah, this is, I'd be shocked if this weren't great. But, I mean, it's Warner Brothers, so I, I it's a wait-and-see approach. Wait-and-see approach. Yeah, I mean, I think that, look, I think that Warner Brothers needed a win this weekend. Um, the All eyes were on them because of the, the, the way, the decision Marvel made to kind of punt San Diego Comic Con this year, so they had Which to in deliver. Is probably a good decision. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, considering I what's happened, all they would be doing is answering questions about Mr. James Gunn. So yeah, their punting ended up being a blessing in disguise, regardless of whatever strategic decision that came behind that. I think that this uh, trailer was a win because I think that the biggest thing that has been an issue with. Uh, Warner Brothers DC has been the polarizing nature of the things that they've done. You know, this, you know they've taken, uh, they they've taken what I think are are strong, story driven decisions with his characters that have been controversial, and or and not even character, just how it's shot, the tone, things like that. Uh, they they they've they they went a certain route, and I don't know if they really anticipated it being so controversial. So because of that, and I think we'll get later on to the terms of maybe the flexibility they now have to do more of what they want, the fact that they seem to have kind of gone away from whatever their initial mandate was in terms of how to make their movies. I mean, I always complain all the time that, you know, uh, Zack Snyder movies are shot in two colors, red and gray. It's just, they're gray hues, dark gray, dark red, and dark blue hues. Usually it's gray and blue, and then Justice League, he wanted to mix it up, so he just threw red in there. But they all look the same. And this was the first, this was an obvious movie to me, similar to Wonder Woman, where they this movie looked different than anything I'd seen from this Snyder-esque look that we saw in Suicide Squad, Batman v Superman, Man of Steel, and Justice League. So that, I think, is a positive step for DC. And the fact that they were to execute this in a way that was, was, was successful, I think, for the most part, got the fans excited. That was important. I agree, Shamari, Black Manta. Uh, that was a big, big situation. What was he going to look like? Were they going to give him that helmet? Was he going to be shooting 
laser beams out of that helmet. The fact that not only did they show you him, but not only did they show him you him in full costume, but they actually gave you him shooting those laser beams that you said as deadly as they were. They took out a freaking pillar that uh, Aquaman was hanging on and he flew off of. So the Black Manta looks like he's going to be a very serious threat. I certainly hope that when you have a, a, a movie with two villains, sometimes one villain ends up kind of becoming like the, the setup villain for like the big bad. And we know right now the big bad is Ocean Master, who they I think they kind of they showed, but they didn't really kind of get too much into what his deal is, mm-hmm. and that's maybe the one thing I, I maybe was a little disappointed in. But uh, but when you have that, sometimes that first villain can be kind of weak. So I kind of was a little concerned. Okay, and I'm still a little concerned. Is is will Black Manta be kind of just like an appetizer, and will Aquaman kind of wash him easily? From what we saw, he looked like a dude who could be very serious. That hoping that they continue to pull through with that. And that he and is the the threat and the beast that he is because he could end up being if you're doing a sequel uh, someone who should be the main villain of the next movie. See, I'm I'm picturing Black Manta as, as joining that uh, that kind of uh, Le- Legion of Doom or whatever Lex is trying trying to say. Mm, I'm seeing Black Manta as kind of the Aquaman's arch uh, rival. Yeah, arch rival that's yeah, gonna join up with them. That's his uh that's his his, his Atlantis leg of the yes. Of the Legion, yeah, that's what I that can make sense. That's what I, I didn't think about that. Um, I wonder how that sets up though with a little bit we've heard about, which we'll talk about later. The worlds of DC, right? Is yes, what did what we see in Justice League get thrown out the window? Yeah, yeah, just know. with all these news that I don't think we're going to get to today, but the the more fire, uh, to the flame, to fire or smoke to the flames that Penguin is the villain in the next Batman movie, which also came that was some news that dropped this week. And at the very least, he, which is what we again we heard before, he will definitely be used in Birds of Prey. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know what's going on with that, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, truth be told, but hopefully that you know that is what happens if that is the route that they're going. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they're gonna go with uh, with Black Manta exactly. I'm hoping he doesn't get the Boba Fett treatment, where he's just kind of there. Looking cool. <laughs> yeah, you you've been like you're always like big on the whole Boba's kind of overrated thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Imperial. Yeah. And that's yeah. I can when I thought about when I said what I said, I was in, in particularly thinking about Boba Fett. No, yeah, because it's like it's like Boba Fett, you know, and Black Manta is kind of like Boba Fett. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very similar. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what we're gonna get from him. I'm excited for Orm. I don't. Yeah. I think that they're holding back with Ocean Master, you know. Uh, I think in maybe a second trailer, we may get more. Though I'm okay not getting as much because I feel like his his thing is kind of simple. Like it is simple. He's you know Loki or whatever. Like he's just like I want the throne. Give me the throne. It's my birthright. <laughs> I don't like the surface dwellers because they they're not Atlanteans. Yeah, yeah I don't know. They're polluting the waters or whatever. Uh, Maximus what from Inhumans. Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's Whoa. the same. We talked about on the video video. We talked about Killmonger, and then you just brought up Maximus. Like the opposite. Boy, that is a spectrum <laughs> that can that where they can go. Let's hope that they're closer to the Killmonger yeah. section you know, spectrum there than the Maximus spectrum. <laughs> to be fair, I, I don't Jesus, know if Maximus would go that far. Would, then we're going to. I don't, be in I don't know if Maximus trouble. would like. I mean, he was bad, but Inhumans had a lot more bigger problems than Maximus. Yeah. Yeah, but if. if it, or your guys even if even if you want to say Max was one of the better parts of Inhumans, if he was the worst part of Inhumans, 
you'd be like, yo, like, Maximus Duke is not good. Right. Like, it's because everything else was a disaster. You're like, well, I mean, he he was able to breathe and talk at the same yeah, time. I know, right? so, so I guess this was okay. Yeah. Um, so, I mean... Uh, they, didn't, they didn't cut his hair because of CGI budget. No, Jesus. I don't even <laughs> want to go over that stuff anymore. No, um, what I was going to say, though, yeah. about Black Manta was that... Um, no, I mean, I look at his character, and the only thing I worry about is... I've talked about on the show a lot that I don't like the whole, you know, third villain that's just in there just to insert himself. He's the second villain. Or second villain, yeah. No, third right. villain. That's some, that's some Spider-Man stuff. <laughs> the, the, the second villain that's in there just to insert himself for no reason, just to cause the hero problems like we saw in Ant-Man and the Wasp, like we've seen in Solo, uh, we saw it in Legends of Tomorrow plenty of times in season one. Like I mean that's a that's that's a character that we've seen in a bunch of these movies that um I don't want him to be that. I want him to have yeah. some sort of real reason to be in the movie besides we just want another obstacle to throw at the hero for no reason. And like he's way too big to be treated as just an obstacle. Right. You know, he's bounty hunter. He's Arthur's arch enemy. Yeah. Yeah. I that, feel like, like they might like be using that. Joker as like a as a just <laughs> Ironically, they did use Joker like that in Suicide Squad. Basically. But yeah. that would be like using Joker in a Batman movie like yeah. that. At least Joker was good. Or he's better than the actual villain, so I wasn't upset about that. <laughs> I feel like they may they might do that. And but I'm not that worried about it. I feel like the movie's gonna be good either way. Right. But I feel like Manta is probably going to be more of a side character in the movie. Now maybe because right. it's Black Manta, I'll give it a pass. Because it's not, you know, the Whatever the dude's name was from Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, Sonny Birch. <laughs> yeah, Sonny Birch. Because it's not Sonny Birch, because it's not Emphis Nest, you know, because it's not some random character out of nowhere. Because it's a real character like the Joker, where it wasn't big of a problem, and Black Manta, I'm willing to give those guys time just because they are who they are. But I think inevitably, like those two characters, like you end up being frustrated that they didn't get more right. time. Yeah, that, it may end up being a frustrating thing about that. Especially but. when, like, I, I mean, I think Ocean Master. In some ways, he's not risky, but I would still say he's a risky choice when Black Manta is on the board for your first Aquaman. Yeah, I mean, villain. it's a real decision that they had to make. Yeah. yeah. I understand the decision. I get it. Yeah. But I just think if you're trying to just immediately attract people, get people to know who the characters are, then not go with Black Manta. Especially yeah. when so many people are uh, seeking, you know, diverse characters in these movies. Yeah, it's really a decision. It's, it's a bold decision, I think. So, and then to the first... Trailer, I think that everyone's talking about Black Manta and no one's really talking about Orm. That's, that's, maybe it's by design. Yeah, I think but it's I think, But I think that speaks to something. So I hope that in the next trailer they're able to uh, establish Ocean Master a little more. Uh, anything, any last thoughts on this before we uh, move to our next trailer? Uh, are you guys confident that this is going to be a success? Uh, I feel good. I feel good. I, I can't say I, this is a guaranteed home run. Um, I was, like, I remember the conversation you had fighting back and forth with Wonder Woman. That was an, a, a year-long yeah, battle. With every sh- trailer, sh- we yeah. were going back and forth about that. Yeah, I, was I, I can't say I feel as strongly about Wonder Woman as I do, I do about this as I did about Wonder Woman, but I'm not that far off. I think that this, this to me, I can't imagine. It would surprise me this movie was, like, trash. I think this movie will be at least <laughs> yeah. passable. I think a lot of it's going to come down there to... There haven't been many... The, the, the confusion with the DCU is that there haven't been many trash DCU movies. I think there have only been two. 
BVS and Suicide Squad to me are trash. You think those are trash? See, I don't even know. I think trash might be a little much. BVS is trash. Like bad, you know, but like worse than the 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 median. I mean, I, I mean, to me, I, I, I think saying Suicide Squad is trash is. You think that's a little harsh? I think that's a little harsh. BVS had a lot of problems. I didn't mind BVS as much, but I, I, I can I, you acknowledge, it, acknowledge that it had a lot of serious problems. But right. like Suicide Squad, I feel like Suicide Squad wasn't taking itself as seriously, which is why I'm. The only, my like, biggest problem with Suicide Squad was the villain, where I was like, well, Enchantress was no like a bad like villain that like yeah. I can understand how you realize this movie is so bad. Yeah, you know, but I don't know. But like, but I thought the heroes did from, a very good job, or the heroes, yeah, for the most part, were like good. Yeah. So like. I guess what I'm saying is that I would be shocked if Aquaman was trash because then that would mean that it's one of, if not the worst, DCEU movie. Whereas, but does that mean it will be good? Absolutely not because most DCEU movies haven't been good. You know, besides Wonder Woman, that might be the only one that's like unanimously good. I mean, Man of Steel is the closest. So I guess what I'll say is if this movie is worse than Iron Man 2, I would be... A little surprised. I'd be super surprised if it was that bad. Worse than Iron Man Two. Iron Man Two is a. Horrible I wouldn't be surprised. Smart. <laughs> so smart is, is Iron Man Two. I mean, Iron Man Two is not good. It's not horrible. a good movie. I don't. I, know, I don't know if it's I horrible. I don't it. know if I have rewatched that movie yet. <laughs> I'm gonna be totally honest with you. I watched it once and I, I was like, know, I don't man. need to see this movie again. I don't know. I man. never need to see that movie ever again. I, I watched I, Iron I, Man Three see, quite I, a few times. So the one thing, one thing I can't do is like. Because we have we have all these great MCU movies now, to the point to where like some of the original ones just, look even worse than maybe we thought. We can't at the say time. that because we just literally before we did this show was watching Iron Man and like, Iron Man the great the movie. first twenty twenty five minutes is just gold. Yeah. But like now there are some that I mean like Iron Man three I think is you could argue is worse than Iron Man. Of course. Iron Man no Iron Man two. Iron Man two only because the twist I was so that. bad, so poorly done. Whereas at least Iron Man Two is a, a full coherent story. That That's giving it a lot. <laughs> Saying Iron Man Two is a coherent story is giving it a lot. Of you know that I could get behind. Now what I'll say, is, but my point was that like you know, does Iron Man Two hold up against Infinity War or against Ant Man or against yeah. Guardians? Or but I'm not Civil talking War, about like no? holding up. I'm just talking about just quality. But like if I put Iron Man Two. I mean, when Iron Man two came out, I mean, I was like, "Yo, this is Black Widow, this like is crazy." Here's what I'm saying: like to me, like if if it was as, <laughs> Nick Fury, like if, if Aquaman only be ends up being as good as like Iron Man three, like that wouldn't be surprising. I'd be like, okay, like maybe CGI didn't look as good in certain spots. Once we saw a full two hours of the movie, maybe Ocean Master didn't 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 hit as much. Uh, no, there's very there are things. Yeah, it would be. I'm not yeah. saying that. That's why I don't think they need. Go- they need Aquaman. That's to why be I don't think they're completely man. out of the woods. I thought with Wonder Woman very qu- immediately. I was like, this one looks like they got something here. I, I was, I was, I was more ready to jump out the window for that movie than I am for this. Because I think there are a lot more things hedging. When you're doing such a a ambitious movie, there's a lot more things hedging on it that have to work for it to work overall. Wonder Woman was fairly simple. So I was like, man, if you got the action down, which it looked like they did, and you got a story that makes sense, and it seemed like it was a simple story. And you have a good Wonder Woman. And you have a good Wonder Woman. I was like, you screw this up, then you shouldn't be making movies. So yeah. So I feel like that was different. So I, once I saw the elements were there, I was like, I think this is going to be good. I don't care what you guys think about DC's past issues. 
This is a little different. There's a lot more that has to work beyond just the two minutes I saw today for it to be good. So I can't jump out the window, but the two minutes I saw, I feel more encouraged that's going to be good than encouraged that's going to or discouraged that's going to be bad. Yeah, I mean, I think that I'm pretty confident that it's going to be good. Um, I feel like a lot of it is riding on how good Ocean Master is. I do agree. With that. <laughs> and we to, don't know. That's another totally reason I can't jump out the windows. I don't know. Yeah, because we, we don't know. So it's hard for me to really say. Yeah. I think Patrick Wilson's going to do a good job. I think he's a good actor. So I have faith that he's going to, you know, do a good job. But it's just the story that they tell right. with him. Is he, you know, like, I don't know how they're going to treat Ocean Master. Yeah. Um, and I told you guys before the show, I'm pretty sure, I'm almost certain that I'm going to like the movie. This is one of those movies where I can tell that yeah, I'm going to like your alley. Just like when I told you you were going to love Doctor Strange. Yeah. Like I'm saying, I don't know if on this show. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, like I'm i definitely going to like this movie. I don't know if everyone's going to like this movie. I don't know if the critics are going to like this movie. But I'm definitely going to like this movie. The fantastical elements. Yes, the, exactly. The the, 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 the the big, elaborate visuals. Yep. It's what, it's what attracts you to Star Wars, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, like, that's his favorite franchise, so that makes sense. Um. Let's move to the second uh, teaser we got, or trailer we got, that was a teaser. It was a Shazam. Um, I was a little surprised they, they had something as cohesive as they did. I thought that maybe we'd only get footage or something. But they had, I think they're calling it an official teaser, but that to me was a trailer what we saw today. Um, it featured, uh, of course, uh, the, the the origin of Billy Batson. We see his uh, his initial meetings with uh, his, his new foster family and his best friend, uh, Freddie Freeman. And then his uh, his very, very, of course, important encounter with the wizard where he gets the powers of Shazam. And then from there, we see him kind of testing out the waters with his newfound powers. And um, I got to say, I, I also thought this trailer was really good. I, I probably feel a little better about this movie, kind of like, I guess, what I was just explaining. Then with, then with Wonder Woman, because they're, the elements that have to go well aren't nearly as much mm-hmm. or as tenuous as it is for like like there's a high degree of difficulty with aquaman that isn't there for shazam so shazam to me plays more like kick-ass plays more like uh scott pilgrim like that kind of movie is easier to do well if you kind of just know how to write that kind of movie and it seems like they, they they're on the right track i was a, i thought the first like 30 like 30 seconds of it i was a little uneasy because i thought okay this seems a little serious on the nose he's talking about how oh you've been to all these foster homes and you can't find a home and he's kind of like giving freddie freeman like attitude and i'm like oh i don't know how i feel about this and then it seemed like things turn drastically when you see him help freddie beating up the kids and then he meets the wizard and then once he's with shazam and then you get zachary uh, levy i mean it's just then it just really the trailer really takes off and then now i'm completely invested he seems to be uh, a great part in the role the big thing we kept talking about for the last, I don't know how many months, is how does he look in that suit? I have to be honest. I think he looks much better live action than he did in stills. I didn't think it looked as obviously a padded suit as it did in those stills we saw or any posters we saw. Kendall has been the, the main one on this. So I'm very curious. We I didn't ask him about how he felt, felt about that. And I purposely didn't say anything because I wanted to hear him say what he felt live. Um... So, no, I thought this was really good. I thought that, I mean, the, the like the visual of seeing Shazam flossing is just hilarious to me. Because that's a great, that's that's like smart story writing. Like, 
if I put like a 15 year old kid and made him a superhero today, like he would be flossing, like he would be doing stupid stuff like that today. And then you know the scene in the in the in the you know the Seven Eleven type store where he, he you know he beats up the guys, he throws the guys out the windows, and then he, he you know he's walking out with a bunch of you know soda and snacks. And even like how he just goes about being a hero, he's very out in the open. He's just talking to people. He's trying to fix people's phones and then breaking them at the same time. I mean, I I just I just really did enjoy this trailer, uh, and and I'm I'm psyched to see how they pull this off. I just the only thing for me is just like there's no seems to be no real villain in sight that made sense to me in this trailer. And I don't know they what the conflict they showed one it's from one time. I I don't even know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it really matters for this movie, but I, if there's anything to talk about, I think that would be the one thing. I was like, I don't even know who he's fighting, yeah. and it might not matter. Yeah, I don't, I'm not thinking that it matters for the movie. Um, I think they basically showed what we need to see, which is how is Shazam, you know, what is the tone of the movie. Right. Uh, we'll get another trailer. So. Yeah, we're going to get another trailer. So we'll probably figure out what the conflict is besides Billy Batson learning how to be Shazam. Right. Um, I feel really positive about this movie. I agree with EJ. I think I think I'm probably like eighty percent certain this is gonna be a hit. Yeah. <laughs> with uh, with audiences and critics, it just seems so easy to like. Like it seems a very easy. Like we were saying in we've said in many of our of our older uh, podcasts. We've been saying this for weeks. It seems like a very easy concept to get behind. You know, oh, kid has to learn how to be a hero, has to adjust to a gigantic body that's bulletproof and learning how to fly and learning how to use <laughs> super strength. That's thing of him trying to, again, kid stuff. He's on a, he, he thinks he'd be able to fly by running off a skateboard. Hat. Yeah. Like, that's just like, what? But like, only a 13-year-old or 14-year-old would think of something like that. Yep. So, yeah, it's just funny stuff like that, which are just going to get laughs in the theater. Like, they're just going to get laughs. So, I feel very positive about Shazam. It looks like a very fun movie. Uh, I didn't mind. I, I I thought the whole trailer was good. You know, I mean, I don't know how. I n- haven't really read the Shazam comics, so I don't know exactly how Billy Batson is. From what I've seen, he's usually more upbeat and hopeful. But yeah. we you also know. usually see him as Shazam. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, he's usually Captain yeah. Marvel, not pre Captain Marvel. Or pre Yeah, whatever. No, whatever. <laughs> same, it's like the same character. I'm not. Can't stop that. But. Yeah, yeah, we usually see him before, or we usually see him while he's Shazam, not as Shazam, or not before he's Shazam. Yeah, um, but yeah, overall, I was very, I was very positive on the trailer. I think it's gonna be a good movie. No, nah, yeah, man, I've been, uh, I've been the one most shaky on the pictures, uh, talking about how you know his suit is obviously he's got fake muscles and yeah, the, you kept saying it was like a Halloween costume. Yeah, did I say that? I feel it like might you have a little hard to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I know I was saying that about the uh, Robin, but although oh, more you just say that about Robin. Yeah, yeah, I was like, but more so like you know I've seen Robin Halloween costumes that look good, but uh, I might have, I might use that joke more than once. But um, nah, this trailer uh, was certainly not bad. Well, that's certainly not. It's good for DC. Uh, oh, well, okay. Well, was it good? Is the question. <laughs> was it good? No, I mean, I this was a very good trailer. Um, I've got to give it to them. I was not sure about. I, I liked the concept of the movie. I liked the concept of big, the movie big as a superhero movie. Um, 
I wasn't sure about uh, the casting. I wasn't sure about um, the look and the suit. But this, the feel, the comparison I have for this movie, which we, which we brought this up last time we talked about this, which I believe was last week, is Ant Man. Right. It's it just feels and looks like Ant Man. Um, you've got uh, somebody in in Levi that's more of a comic comedy guy like Paul Rudd. You got a character that's not really that. I mean, he's big, but it's not somebody you're going to take super seriously. Um, and you've got a a movie that's clearly not about the villain, just like Ant Man. I mean, there was Yellow Jacket, but even Ant Man and the Wasp was Ghost, and we didn't know anything about Ghost when we went in to go see the movie. They really showed us anything. Right. So, I mean, we haven't they haven't told us anything about this villain. We also really didn't know a whole lot about the villain going into Deadpool, but we didn't care. Uh, now Deadpool is Deadpool. Uh, nobody went to go see that movie for an elaborate story, but um, that doesn't worry me too much because I'm not going to see Shazam for the villain unless the villain's Black Adam. The villain's not Black Adam. I really don't care. Uh, I, hopefully the villain's good. Um, hopefully it's not like a copy a copycat situation. Although, like I mentioned on the show, there's no guarantee that we won't get a copycat. Clearly, this guy has some sort of strength since he was able to block Black Adam or Shazam. Mm-hmm. So it may, we may still have that scenario of some guy that's super powered. But, um, but no, I mean, I think that this ends up, this could end up being a good movie. I'm, the only thing I'm worried about, which is something I, I mentioned last week that I'm still worried about, is which we may not have to worry about it anymore given our next topic, but how does this guy cross over with the other characters? <laughs> now, m- maybe that's the point. Maybe it's supposed to be like, oh yeah, he's much different than everyone else that we have. But I just can't see this guy with Momoa and Gal Gadot and all these other characters. It just And it's funny I'm naming those two. <laughs> I mean, Wonder Woman and Aquabed are the two big ones. But... Uh, I don't know who Batman is. <laughs> I guess it's Batman. Who when a Superman movie and happened? Cavill, he's yeah. chilling doing MI, MI5 and MI6 or whatever. So, um, but nah, that's that's really my biggest concern. But this, the look of the suit is, is fine right now. I mean, I, I think that in terms of where it fits, I, see, that's where, I mean, me, you kind of stood on the opposite sides here. I mean, I feel like that's kind of been part of Shazam's charm is that, like, when you see him in a room with, the rest of Justice League, he doesn't fit. Right. I think uh, Young Justice has did the best job of anything that's been like animated of showing that. And I think all the the animated shows that Justice have tried League it, also really Justice League really did a great job too. So they've all tried and done. Well, my favorite episode. He's a of great character. Is the episode where he fights fight Superman. Superman. That's I mean. a that's a that's a classic. So they've all done a great job. So I think that that aspect that you keep talking about, so how does this guy fit? I, he doesn't. I think that's the point. I think that's always been the point. And that's why he looks so vibrantly big. <laughs> he's got these very vibrant colors. He's got this glowing thing. I think he. I think he's supposed to look completely out of place. Then you add the fact that he acts like a child because he is a child. I think that um, that all is all done by design. And as we again, we will get to uh, the next topic right now. Uh, Shamari, I don't think that he's. A, I think that they're not worried so much about how anything fits with anything anymore. Yeah, they're just trying to make good movies. Yeah, which I mean might be a good 
uh, thing. I mean, I think Hamada knows what he's doing. <laughs> I think he has a plan. Um, uh, well, he has a, a sort of plan. It's going to be interesting. We're going to talk about all this stuff right now. But, um, uh, we, but guys, we didn't get a slate. I know. We, we did not, we get, did a not get a slate. But we did get different news regarding the DC. Yeah. The, the, Whatever DC is now. I'm, I said I was going to come in throwing stuff. I didn't get a slate. I, because of the news that we got today, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm postponing my, my, my rage fit that I was going to have because I didn't get a slate. So let's get to this. And I'm kind of combining two topics here because we had a Wonder Woman panel this week as well. Uh, Patty Jenkins, Gal Gadot, and the crew, they were, uh, they were at Comic-Con at a panel. Uh, there was a sizzle reel showed i believe yeah but not really any footage they, they just started filming oh, there's a little footage but not that much yeah they, they just started filming so i, I you know it really is it wasn't too much for them to show uh but i think some of the biggest news that came out of it was that uh gal gadot says that wonder woman 1984 is not a sequel to wonder woman which i think is confusing to all of us we're like what what do you mean it's not a sequel uh it's done in a time after the last movie We've seen Wonder Woman now in three movies that we, because Justice League is is connected to Wonder Woman, we know it's connected. So how is this not a sequel? But uh, Gal is saying that this is, quote, a new chapter, a new story. Uh, Patty Jenkins spoke about not wanting to be pigeonholed into having, having to continue a story. And that uh, she described this as some trying to do a whole new movie with the same feel as the first movie. Uh, or at least the same heart as the first movie. That's quite interesting when you pair the news that we got today from DC that the 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 era of the DCEU is dead as of today. Um, they have ditched the unofficial name for the DC Cinematic Universe and have come up with a new rebranding model for the DC movie franchise called Worlds of DC. When you think of Worlds of DC, obviously Worlds is plural. So that immediately to me... Uh, suggest there are multiple streamlines that connect these DC movies moving forward. Uh, but it certainly appears to definitely distance itself from to what, to me, is what we had before. It is an all-encompassing universe similar to the one of Marvel that was crafted by uh, Zack Snyder. That seems to be the biggest thing I see here, is that they're moving away from that. And when you talk about this Joker movie that's happening, you talk about... Um, this other Joker movie that's happening. That's and then you got Birds of Prey, and then we got uh, Nightwing potentially. All these movies didn't seem to quite make sense, but if you're doing something that's has multiple worlds, it kind of leads you to do whatever you want. And 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 the way I see it, I think this is great. Um, and I'm gonna tell you why this is great. I know a lot of people may be disappointed, but I, I take it because I'm someone who reads comic books. And, and I'm not trying to be a comic snob. That, that wasn't meant... That, if it comes out that way, that's not what I meant by that. Yeah. I'm saying that only because the way they do the comic books, if you read multiple different DC books, which I have right now, I'm really only stuck on Batman, but I have read multiple different books. This, the continuity is... It's obviously is there, but it's just not as flagrantly obvious because you have... Literally dozens, at this point, with how many books they have, probably at least two dozen, maybe even dozens of writers working on their own stories. There's no way you could say, oh, I'm using Batman to cameo in a book 
you know, five months from now. So mm-hmm. make sure that he's ready to go and you tease that he's doing that. Like, there's no way you could do that. They can't have those kind of streamlined conversations. Everyone's doing work on their own schedule. So the stories really kind of just play on their own. Every now and then you have writers collaborate. It's okay, we're doing a massive, not massive, but like a, a crossover event, kind of like what we saw this year with The Button, with Batman and The Flash that led into Doomsday Clock. So it's a lot different. And there are books that you kind of don't expect to think, oh, well, because Batman's doing this, like, how is he with Justice League in this issue? Like, you don't think, like, no one thinks about that. Like, that doesn't matter. And I think that's kind of how we're going to be looking at these movies now. Is that, of course, they're all basically in the same universe. But this, like, obvious reach to try to make sure we connect every single thing that happens in these movies that it makes sense in the next movie you see that's not that character's movie, that's... That plan is dead. And honestly, I don't know if it's even that big a deal that it is because they I don't think Marvel does it that way. Only DC, when they did this, because of how they did it backwards by having to introduce the other characters in other people's movies, they had to kind of like play catch up. And then they did it in this way where we got to send emails showing Flash and things like that for all the stuff that makes sense. Now that they kind of can get away from that, these kind of characters just do whatever they want, and then whenever you want, you want them to come together, then they can just come together. Yeah, I mean, I think this makes sense, and I, I agree with you. I didn't know how I felt about this at first, um, but now I am definitely on board with it because, uh, basically, just because for the reasons you said. I mean, it opens the door for them to combine if they want to. You know, <laughs> if it makes sense. Then they could be like, okay, yeah, let's see some kind of combination here. Or let's have a Justice League 2 or whatever where they come together. And we come have... together. It was, Sorry, yeah. I had to do that. Too. After I'd said it before and I thought about it. Yeah, I mean, that team, that, that song is just like stuck in my head. <laughs> but uh, where, they have to, like, that, where they have to come together. Or um, they cannot do that. and they don't. But they don't have to like have it, oh, in this movie, uh, such and such happened. But it has to be referenced in... Aquaman three right. and, and uh, the the Joker movie. They right. have to talk about how Doomsday did this. It's like no, well, we can't like, do a Joker movie because it, it won't make sense yeah, with exactly. the universe we're creating. Yeah, it's like they don't have they're not constrained by anything. Like they can do whatever they want, but whenever they want to actually reference something else, they do that. So yeah. I feel like this is this makes sense and it's just a better uh, format. Maybe even better, probably even better than MCU format. And Kendo, the way I think about this too is I also thought about how DC does their animated movies, which um, has been a very successful avenue for them. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. I mean, there are various Justice League movies. Uh, you know, some of them are loose sequels, but it's not like, oh, this one is a direct sequel to right. this movie. And, you know, they, like we had a, a uh, we had a, a Batman Arkham, Arkham Assault on Arkham movie. Where it's implied at the end that Man of Waller's dead, and then in the next one they did a Suicide Squad movie, and she's alive, and yeah. the team is different, yeah, um, right. and somehow it references uh, Flashpoint, which is like I didn't think those movies were connected, but like because it wasn't like this drastic thing of everything has to be connected all the time and it has to work, I think it gives them more freedom to end up doing really cool stuff. So when you have these little teases to certain things that have happened in previous movies in those animated movies you appreciate them more but they also doesn't it does it's not a, it's not a handicap that you have to constantly uh possibly limit yourself storytelling wise just to fit a narrative of a larger universe 
for me, I'm a little disappointed that um, they're going with this idea of, I feel like, I see where you guys are going with the idea that this uh, gives them some freedom to sort of do whatever they want and not be, not try and force a connection where there is none or maybe where it doesn't fit. And that'll be some of the positives that come from this. But I also feel like this gives them, I'm not sure if it's that, I'm not sure if that's also, I'm not 100% positive that that's a great thing because I feel like that also gives them leeway to literally, again, do whatever they want. And there is no, there is no organization involved and it gets a little wild. And now we have three Jokers and two Batmans and two, you know, two Wonder Woman universes. and But that hasn't bothered us when it came to the animated movies. Or even the comic books in some ways. It hasn't. And why should it bother us for the live action? Other than Marvel did it one way, so we know it only one way. I mean, and I, Fox is kind of doing I'll it now with the X-Men. I was about to say, X-Men is <laughs> the closest thing. And the X-Men, people complain. But that. nobody complained about Logan. Like, Lo- like, to me, Logan is the reason why you do this. Right, because Logan, like, if if they had to constrain themselves to doing what Singer's been doing, which no <laughs> one can try yeah. to connect those dots, yeah. then Logan doesn't doesn't make doesn't make doesn't get greenlit. It just doesn't make air. You'd be like, this movie doesn't make sense based on what we've accomplished. Yeah. You don't get that kind of film if you don't give James Mangold that freedom. So that's and Deadpool as well, and Deadpool as well. Where again, the same thing. If we're like, oh, well, what happened to the guy that had his mouth shut wide and you know, you know, where, where, where's Wolverine? Where's Wolverine and yeah. things like that? And why doesn't he? Why does he talk about his his time with Weapon X? Like, <laughs> you had to do all those things and like combine that when you knew that movie was trash. If they had to try to pair that with the story they were doing with Deadpool, it wouldn't have worked. I I just feel like you throw in World of DC and you say we're gonna have all these multiple universes. It honestly what it reminds me of is it reminds me of the mess that we had in the C. I guess you could say we have sort of in the CW where, you know, remember we didn't know Supergirl was connected and they were like, you know what, we're going to connect Supergirl, but she's in another universe and there's a Batman in this universe and there's a Superman in this universe, but we don't know if they're in the the Flash universe. I guess they're not in that universe. And, uh, oh, by the way, the Black Lightning on the CW, but we don't know if we're going to connect them just yet. We have to wait a couple of seasons. It's a little too... I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're somebody that, if you want to watch these things from, not from a distance, but if you want to watch these things and just let them, let, let them play out however they want to play out, then I'm fine. But if you're trying to project what they're going to do, it's impossible because they can literally do whatever they want. They can, at the change, at the, at the, at any type of whim, they can say, oh, you know what? We, we, we don't want this to be canon anymore. Or we, we want to have these two characters from these two movies cross over. And we may have not even known that these two characters were in the same universe. Um, Marvel is just a lot more organized because in the MCU, everything you know, is linear. And it's not an easy thing to do. But maybe Marvel doesn't get enough credit for what they are accomplishing. I don't know. But, but at the same time, Kendall, I think that also we got to take into account how DC has done this. Perhaps if DC had done what Marvel had done by like like strategically 
trying to do the single movie, solo movies, piece together all the, the pieces that made sense that when you did these team-up movies that the storylines and the connections mattered. With the way DC has done it, with this rush job of do Superman, then do a Superman-Batman movie where Batman's in a Superman movie, basically. And then, then do Justice League. And only like the only reference to these other characters we knew before this movie was these email files that Bruce Easter found. Age, yeah. Like, if if they did it, knowing that they did it that way, maybe it's an advantage that they don't try to do what Marvel did. Because Marvel had, had planted the cookie crumbs a lot more organized. They did it in a much more organized way. It, for DC to try to do that, it would take them so much time and so much, you know, I mean, they couldn't do it. They had to start, they, they had to do what they're doing now, which is, they had to start over because the way it was done was so unorganized that maybe it's best that they say, you know what, let's just not worry so much about trying to have these cookie crumbs all put in the right place. Let's focus more on what's most important, really, which is just making sure that the movies we put out are quality and that they can they can make money, which so far they've done for the most part, but they've had some up and downs there. But that they could at least pass with these critics. Because at the end of the day, that's what's been killing them. It's killing their bottom line that they can't get past the critics and what I think DC fans would call the uh, closed-minded Marvel people who just don't think whatever DC does is good. Even though all of them would say that Wonder Woman was good. So that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, I mean, I feel like either way, with all the movies they want to do, it's kind of going to be a jumbled mess. Yeah. You know, so I feel like... You know, your fear has already come true, and there's kind of nothing we can do about that. <laughs> so, I mean, I think I think this is the best I resolution. Agree. You know, is for them to be like, look, these movies aren't necessarily connected. You know, give the directors more freedom to tell whatever story they're trying to tell, make it as good of a movie. Don't worry about the DCEU. Don't worry about linking it to this or that or this. Just make a good movie. And if down the line we decide, or you decide, director, if you want to add this character... You know, run it by us. We'll see how it works, what we can do, and whatever. And then they'll do that. But I don't think they should, you know, have to link everything together like that. I think this is the best way to go yeah. about this. And that's how, again, that's how they do it in the comic books. Like I'm, like when when Tom King's writing Batman and he wants to put Batman and Catwoman on a double date with Bruce and 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 Lois, he's not going to the Superman writing and be like, okay, in Superman twenty three, you need to kind of end the issue. By having it be very obvious that they're going on a date the next episode, and then you have to start your next issue like addressing that date. Like that doesn't right. happen. They, it just happens, and then that's it. We don't think, oh, well, Superman's on another planet. How did he d- do this date? Right. I mean, only people who do that like the super, super, super nerds were like super invested in like everything making sense, and they do complain about that every now and then. But it's just a small fraction because we just know that that's not possible. And just because there are less frequent movies than there are comic books. It doesn't mean that we should just expect that they should be able to do that. They should be able to do whatever they want. Um, so I'm I'm all for the change. So I, I like I said, I'm postponing my rage fit for later. You know now I think they need to get their ducks in order now that they've officially done this. We didn't know what the situation was. At least they at least told us something. So now the slate I don't necessarily need as much because now they are trying to figure out. Okay, now that we kind of have this freedom, let's put together a movie order that makes sense for us to. Explode to, to, to utilize his freedom in a way that's positive. Now, well, one on the slate, it sounds as if their plan is to just focus entirely on these three movies. And 
whenever the time comes when they're done promoting these movies or they're done focusing their efforts, marketing efforts, filming efforts on these three movies, post-production, production efforts, I guess you'd say, uh, then maybe they'll start to announce future movies, but it sounds like they'll wait yeah. to do that. I mean, I think after these, we've just got the Birds of Prey and Joker. We know yeah. we know are coming out soon. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many movies. That's why we need to sleep. You know, there's so I mean, many movies I know. with directors. I mean, what the Flash? I mean, the Flash should be coming out. You would think soon. Batman, Nightwing. All at least three now, like the whole question of like who's Batman doesn't matter as much anymore. Right. Like that was the issue. It was like who's Batman? How's Flashpoint gonna make sense and connect all these universes? Is Flashpoint no. even gonna be and, Flashpoint? And, and, we even and Affleck Flashpoint. not being Batman doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, he can just not be Batman. It's like, well, it's, it's new story. Different Batman. <laughs> and I'm fine with that. It's just that when you tell me it's the DCEU and there's a continuity. And then there's these question marks about who's Batman, and then the person you're talking about is Jake Gyllenhaal, who's like younger than than Affleck. It's making everyone confused. People are gonna be confused either way. They are, That's, but I'd rather them like be confused than and and be with entertained. Yeah, well, at least ex- this movie was good. Yeah, be entertained and there be an explanation. And like not, people were confused just, about first class, and but right. it didn't matter by the end of the movie. You're like, oh, this movie was good. I don't care. It didn't make sense. Yeah, but, you know, and just same thing with Logan. You yeah. know, it, it, it just again, if they, I think that this is a step in the right direction for DC to go this route. Now they got to just execute the movies individually. Now there's no excuse of them trying to catch up with Marvel. Just do their own thing. Let's hope that they can execute. Um, let's uh, let's let's move on to the the, the big news happening with Marvel that we talked about a little bit earlier which uh, we teased a little bit earlier, is that Disney has officially given Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn the boot. The company fired Gunn after some unsavory tweets from uh, more than 10 years ago were brought back into light by an alt-right-wing personality. The posts were very graphic in nature and contained jokes about rape, pedophilia, and the transgender community. Gunn has apologized for the jokes in the past and issued another apology after his firing. Uh, guys, what do you think this makes uh, for the future? What does this mean for the future of uh, the Guardians franchise? James Gunn has been super integral. invested and integral to the creation of those movies. I think he wrote those movies too, if I'm not mistaken. So, and he was making Guardians three. So when you can, especially when you consider, we don't know what happens in this Avengers four movie, but when you consider, as of now, they're down. Well, they're down multiple Guardians, but. I mean, Gamora was thrown off a cliff. So that's a massive situation that's going to have to be dealt with at some point if it's not completely resolved in four. What do we make of the, the future of where uh, where they stand here with the Guardians? Anyone want to jump in? Um, I don't know what to make of the future of the Guardians. I mean, at this point, they have to just start thinking of who's going to replace... Uh, Who's gonna replace Gun? And the first person that comes to my mind is Taika, mm. possibly. Wow. Um, I mean, he's he's the closest thing, you know, when it comes to having that kind of comedic uh, um, flair that you get that that you've gotten in the Marvel universe. Um, I mean, he pulled it off successfully, uh, very successfully in Thor Ragnarok, and just totally reshaping Thor and making it a complete success action wise storytelling wise and uh in terms of all basically all the jokes landing 
So I think um, I think he would be a good choice for to do uh, Guardians. I think his humor kind of lines up as well, like the type of humor he has. I think it would work well with the Guardians. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, you know, uh, being without James Gunn. I mean this was this was like his baby in terms of the MCU. So. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be uh, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be something else. It's always weird. It's gonna be weird having someone jump in. I wish it was kind of a a situation where Gunn had someone under him, but oh, he, he could kind of yeah, kind of yeah. like an assistant coach type thing, yeah, <laughs> where exactly. he could just kind of okay, well, he knows the playbook already. Yeah, exactly. he can jump in and, <laughs> yeah. and you know at least at least get through three. Yeah. So then they could take a lot of time to look and find someone to take over, but that's not the case. So yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah, no, this is uh, certainly not good news for Marvel. Um, I mentioned earlier, I thought this was perfect timing for them because had this happened any other week, this would have uh, just been flooding the, the some of these websites and flooding some of these uh, media outlets. But because of Comic-Con, I don't think... It really didn't get covered the way it should. Yeah, because they weren't there. Yep. Well, yeah, and then Marvel wasn't there. Yeah, so I mean, it was a, yeah, yeah, I think that it was. A, I, I think they did it because of the circumstances. What do you mean? I think obviously the the tweets and stuff were resurfacing earlier in the week, but I think that you know they I, they weren't in a rush to fire a gun. They didn't have to fire him immediately. Oh, you I don't think realize. a lot of people even. I don't think a lot of people even knew what was happening. You think they fired him because it was Comic-Con? Yeah. I think they they knew that... Like, they knew that this was, they knew that this was the time. The momentum was clearly going in a bad direction for Gunn. The story was getting traction. So I think they felt like, yo, we do this now. No one will People care. will forget. Yeah. I mean, they're going to forget after the end of this week. We, you know those two companies talk. They know DC has a lot of stuff coming. They know they, they, they definitely talk with yet. Sony. So they know Sony had stuff. So they were like, yo, let's kill this joint and... We just be done with it. We're not even there, so they can't even ask us anything about it. No one will be distracted. None of our properties will be distracted by this. Yeah, gun there won't situation. be any cloud over. No cloud. I, I think they did it because they're like, yo, if we don't do it now, then this is going to be a story for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was good timing if you're Marvel, um, or if you're Disney, especially. But uh, well, we talk about replacements first of all. I, I agree that Taika Waititi seems like the closest replacement. He's the one that did the closest movie to a Guardians movie in Thor Ragnarok. Um, I mean, Peyton Reed also has some, some of that comedic I was thinking about that, too. Uh, but it's a totally different movie. Um, yeah. Stakes, totally different. Uh, <laughs> I was listening to uh, The Ringer. Yeah, they have a, 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 a podcast... Uh, called The Watch with Chris Ryan. And they were talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp, and the guy was joking how, like, they were joking about how low the stakes of Ant-Man and the Wasp were. Like, oh, yeah. How literally nothing happened. It was crazy. When I was at New York One, uh, I had the, I was shout out to, of course, my day job at New York One. I was talking to our writer about uh, the movie. Shout out to Shanna, who was writing the story. Um, and like the story, she, like the part she wrote about, it was like we do a box office hit every week where we like mention the top numbers at the box office. She was like the story of of uh, a dad who has to go save the world. I'm like, this that's not really a story. <laughs> like he's not saving the world. It's it's way more simple than yeah. that. Yeah, I ended up having her write 
the story to find the original wasp. That kind of was the story. Yeah. It's like that sounds. Hey, but it, that sounds it, extremely like like small scale. Like, I, in a nutshell, if I had to tell like in a two sentences what the movie's about, that's what I would say. And like we said on our review, I feel like most of that movie, uh, I, minimal spoiler, I guess, like is just about the wasp. Like if you care about the wasp, then you'll care about the stakes. If you don't care about Janet Van Dyne, or if they, you feel like they haven't earned that moment of us caring, then. Yeah, there were absolutely no stakes involved. But regardless, back to James Gunn. Uh, he, those are the only two in-house people I can think of, and the Russo brothers, only because they've worked with the Guardians before. But then that'll be a, a lot to put on the plate of the Russo brothers if you plan on using them going forward, past in other properties, not named the Avengers. So, and Gunn helped uh, the Russos. Yeah, and Gunn, <laughs> Gunn did most of the Guardian stuff, so it's not like the Russos have been writing Guardians anyway. But, um. So, no, I mean, they'll have... I'm not too worried about the Marvel thing or the the replacement thing because Marvel has... Very rarely have I been like, they made a bad choice for this director. Um, only time, I guess, was Edgar Wright because he dropped out. That was a bad choice. But uh, and we've had movies that weren't as great. Uh, I don't think Shane Black did a great job with Iron Man 3. Uh, but... And then maybe Whedon on Age of Ultron too, yeah, or Age of Ultron rather. So, uh, it's gonna be tough. You know, this is not something that I think Kevin Feige, or clearly, certainly not something Kevin Feige expected. Uh, I'm a little surprised that Disney fired him. I'll be honest. You know, I think that they, they, I mean, they, they have a, they, they needed. They, I think they felt the pressure. They felt like we can't even. We can't hold on to it. Like, if we're going to get rid of this guy, we got to get rid of this guy now. Quick. No contemplation. Um, and, I mean, I understand it from their business perspective. I mean, uh, I just, I'm just, I don't know. I mean, there, I mean, if you're a Fox, if you're a fan of the X-Men movies, like Brian Singer, has, yeah, he's got some stuff out there that's not great. He's got a reputation out there, I'll say, it's not great. Right. So, I mean, it hasn't stopped him from continuously coming back to do X-Men movies. I, I feel like Disney, maybe this is kind of like a shift in Disney's policy in terms of how willing are they, are, how willing are they to sit in the pocket and, and face the rush? Because it, like after several months of sitting in that pocket with Roseanne, as soon as that last Valerie Jarrett, Jarrett tweet went out, they were just like, yo, done. Like they didn't like hesitate she was fired like the day off or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and when you think about that, like they, they, you know, they're uh, they're like, you know, they're they're Blake Gabbard, man. They're just getting rid of the rock or just right, right. taking the sack. They're not say, they're not sitting in and taking those hits to wait for those to wait for the opening to get out of these situations when their talent gets into hot water. So when you consider that, and we consider what Disney stands for, we we saw it even with ESPN and how they've. Uh, handled Jamel Hill. It, it, Disney seems to be shifting. John Skipper. John Skipper. The president. Who they, yeah. they bounced out of there as soon as. We didn't even know he had a drug problem. They bounced him out of there. Yeah. As soon as they found out. They didn't let him take some time off or anything. Yeah. He was just gone. So I, I wonder if this is kind of like the new normal for Disney now. Whereas maybe someone like Fox may be more willing to sit in that pocket. As we, we know they are more comfortable sitting in that pocket. 
dealing with their personalities, yeah. especially on Fox News, they're, they're, they, Disney seems less willing to take that pressure. And it is Disney, because, I mean, Alan it's Horn more came... Their, you're supposed to be the family yeah, I mean, brand I, company. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Alan Horn is the one that came out with a statement. Yeah, I thought a statement. Saying yeah. that, oh, this is, is indefensible. Uh, you know, we had to... We fired James Gunn. These are your indefensible actions. And, yeah. You know, it was him. It wasn't Feige. Yeah, that, that, I, thought that, <laughs> I thought that spoke volumes. Cause I, I, yeah, I expected to hear something from Marvel. Yeah, me too. From something from Kevin Feige. He wasn't fired by Marvel, from yeah, my concern. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, fired was, by Disney. Yeah, this was a board decision. This was, this guy affects the stock, the, the, the stock numbers of, of our <laughs> company. You Which know. is amazing to me, because, again, this was a story... That again, we once I kind of read up on it, I saw okay, it was gaining traction, but I hadn't heard about it. It was not on my radar. I heard James Gunn fired, and I was, I like, was like, "Wow, what happened?" When you texted yeah. me that, I was like, oh, "Yeah, Shamar, yeah. what?" Oh yeah, Shamar texted me. I'm like, "What happened?" Yeah, yeah I'm like, how, what did he how, do? how how did he get fired? Yeah, I I mean, as sad as our situation is right now, I assumed it was some like Me Too stuff. Yeah, Me Too stuff. I yeah. really was like, "Oh man, this yeah. guy got caught up. Someone came up." Yeah. With, uh, someone, someone came forward with allegations, and then a lot of times we see firings like that, where like I know where guys fired. Like, what happened? You're like, oh yeah, he was in the Me Too stuff, and you know someone came forward with with allegations. Like, okay, well now it makes sense. Yeah, but, like because they were confidential for a long time. So, but once I heard it wasn't that, I was like, what did he do? And it was funny. And when I saw it, I was like, well, I, then I, I, I had to do tweets. some research on James Gunn, and like before those tweets, from what my understanding, before they got released. He was going on a tweet. He went on like a tweet storm, like a thread on like it was like he was getting at Donald Trump, and I don't feel like then that alt right group probably felt like oh they've had that stuff probably on pocket. Yeah, he oh yeah, they probably knew like oh this guy wants to step like we're gonna end (laughs) his career. And once he got a little, he got a little heated. Yeah, and went on this tweet storm on Donald Trump. They just they yeah ended his career. He had been like he had been. Vocal, very vocal yeah, about super vocal. about being oppo- op- being op- op- opposite Trump in terms of yeah. his values and and so I think it was after like the that. whole Putin controversy, he came out, started tweeting, and then Mike Cernovich and some of the alt right people came yeah, out. Yeah, they blasted. released their they released the crack. Yeah, and because you look at his Twitter account and like at the time it was like maybe 20 hours ago, his tweet storm on Trump, then, like, 16 hours ago, like, an apology, or, like, an explanation yeah. of, like, all those, the thread on all those tweets are all, I'm like, that was quick, man. Yeah. Like, a four-hour difference of, like, I don't think that was a coincidence. That's all, that's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, it is sad, the existence we have, though, in our society, that someone as, uh, as low as Mike Cernovich, who has no values when it comes to decency, no. Uh, well, yeah, no. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm, yeah, no, no, yeah. no. He has no decency. Yeah, no, no point it's, in defending. It's not right or left. It's <laughs> yeah, just no decency. Point in well, stuff, you, you just go to his Twitter. <laughs> you can go to his Twitter feed for just three seconds and see, oh, yeah, this guy has zero decency and zero honor. So the fact that he's, this is the guy that jumps on his high horse to do this is unfortunate and it's lame and it's some sucker stuff as far as I'm concerned. But the, as James, I'm happy James Gunn took... Uh, Responsibility for what he did, because what he did was wrong and stupid and indefen and indefensible. Yeah, nothing funny. Uh, nothing was funny about that stuff he was saying. When you saw it, I couldn't believe. It. I'm like, 
was he on drugs? What the hell? Like, it, I mean, seriously, like, I, it's like you know, the only thing I feel like I'm sounding like Stephen A. Smith, man, but it's like the only thing I can think of as to why anyone would go stay off the weed. The only thing I can think of as to why someone would write those things, like, oh, maybe he was on something and he just was going crazy, because you see that sometimes on Twitter, and <laughs> you know, I know comedians try everything they can to try to get noticed. But oh my god, he made a a terrible mistake. And it, then it makes you wonder. As I feel like we say this about a lot of these companies, but did Disney know? Yeah, it's a great question. How did they a not know? I've been asking that. Yeah. Did Disney know? And is this a People reaction? Like, to I don't being think. Outed? Like, I'm be like, front. I'm a, I'm gonna be keep one hundred. I don't think they did. People are like, is Disney just not doing their homework with people? Like, yeah. Uh, are well, they just not? Again, I go back to Marvel hired this guy. I don't think that Disney is that. Invested in what everything you Marvel have to, is. I feel like, but not director. I, I think they of tell you Marvel oh, movie. I think they tell you who the director is. They look at his IMDb page and they're like, "Oh, he looks good." Then fine. I don't, Other companies have hired. I don't him. think yeah, that he's... they're going through his Twitter history from ten years That's ago. Fair, yeah. That's that 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 Gun, takes work. I, I don't know what Gunn's track record is, but all I know is he's mostly been known for Guardians, from my mm-hmm. from my vantage point at least. Um like if it were if this came from Mel Gibson, I'd be like, look, I can't get on Marvel. Like Mel Gibson's Mel Gibson. I mean, how this how Cernovich was the first person to find this, I have no idea. <laughs> right, if this has been out there this whole destroyed. time, yeah. somebody's been looking for this. But you know, like James Gunn isn't like a list, at least especially right. not before Guardians. Right. So the idea that this may have been floating around, very possible, but at the same time. The fact that Disney hasn't been searching for this is also strange from their business perspective. Um, but I just think it's an interesting question because... Yes. I mean, even in regular work, you know, you have to watch what you say on Twitter for any job. Oh, yeah, this has to you be know? a wake-up call to a lot of people. But, that, like, like, you know, for something as even high if you're profile... Not big, even if you're not high-profile, you can't yeah. say crazy stuff online, man. For, like, as high-profile a position as the one that he had... Yeah, he was able to get away with saying all that and stuff. And he had no clue he was going to be directing a multi-million dollar uh, movie franchise. Yeah. You know, working for a multi-billion dollar movie company. I tell you what, Twitter... Ten years ago. Twitter in particular, Facebook too. I mean, they have... It has created a whole new environment where... If, if, especially if you're going to be famous. I mean, it's basically as soon as your pub, your, your public profile is out there then you're accountable for everything. It doesn't matter how young you were. It doesn't how many many years ago you were. Uh, it was. It all counts. And you could become yep. the, the height of the height. But if they could find some crazy stuff from an old blog post like Joy Reid or old tweets like we saw from Josh Hader of Major League Baseball, you're going to be held accountable. I argue baseball and racism, they don't seem to care about nearly as much. But that's... You can read that post on thehub.news where I write sports stuff. But but you will definitely have to answer for it. There is no longer this. There is a, I don't want to call it gotcha culture because these people are legitimately saying screwed stuff. Like, and like stuff that should be put out there. But I honestly, but, I'll, but, be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I know what you're, I know, I, before you yeah. finish, like, I definitely feel like this play was more about attacking Disney. Oh yeah. Then it was about this was we don't like James Gunn. Yeah, this was a vendetta against Disney and Gunn and 
the Hollywood left. Quote Hollywood left, yeah. This was an attack on them. It felt like, you know, be careful because we're watching you guys type thing. Then it was James Gunn's a horrific human being that we don't want doing movies because he's a horrific human being. I don't, they don't care. It's Guardians of the Galaxy. They don't legitimately care. But you can continue. Oh, yeah. I just think that, that, that this is a culture now where anything you put out in the public now, you, you, you have to know that it could affect you any many years from now. There is no longer this thing of what you did as a high schooler or a college kid that you just gets buried. Because, like, in the 90s, there was no social media. You know, unless you literally were taking pictures of yourself, doing something crazy, yeah. it was impossible for you to get caught doing anything unless you got arrested or yeah. something like that. Now, all you got to do is you could just have a stupid night on Twitter and you just want to say something and yeah. then... Now he might have been, like you mentioned, he, he might have been inebriated somehow, tweeting <laughs> that stuff. You know, we don't know. I mean, we don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't think so because it was too many. Right. It's yeah. Like, there's no way this guy was like on something. For, Unless he was a like, crazy addict. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Um, or he's an alcoholic or something. Yeah. But I feel like that would have been an, an explanation, or he would have said that if that were the case. So, nah, this is uh, it's probably the right move by Disney. Uh. It's a shame that it had to come to this, man. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, James Gunn's the biggest loser in this, but I think the second biggest loser are the fans because we enjoyed his work so much on those movies, and they, uh, they're gonna stick with Guardians. You think? Oh yeah, you can't kill the franchise. Yeah, no. it's too popular you know, at this point. Too much money to be made. But will they? He ain't, he ain't Chris. He ain't Chris Pratt. Yeah, right. You know, Chris Pratt got fired. I'd be like, Yo, I don't, I don't know. know if you, you can't just recast Star Lord. Yeah, exactly. But. I mean the director who no one sees. Yeah, I know he had a small role in this last one. Um, I think that you can get away with so that. So that I know they're gonna do three, even though they haven't officially announced it. Like it's on. He their, was working on three. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. on their uh, he, he unofficial posted a picture slate. on his Instagram of like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, like his script. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah, you know, like. Well, they could, can they take his script? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good work, question. They just be like, "All right, you out, you fired, but we'll pay you to use your script." I don't yeah. Know. Who knows? I have no idea. His brother Sean Gunn was yeah. also in the movie, so yeah. I don't know if he's he done posted before. a long like Twitter Twitter like thing talking about how his brother was like a different person ten years ago, and you know he made a lot of stupid mistakes, and he's grown a lot even as a result of his movies, and it was very heartfelt. Thing, um, you know, I mean, it's got to be an emotional time. Yeah. Like, was that a very media answer? Yes, he, that's something he has to say. But at the same time, I don't think he's lying. Yeah, like, I, I think he's probably telling the truth. Seems, that like, seems sincere, yeah. you know, like this is an emotional time for that whole gun family. That I'll tell you what, you, you sacrificed my bag. I might have to put one of y'all in a headlock. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be as nice as Sean Gunn <laughs> on social media. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um. Yeah, so I mean, I, we, I I wish the best of luck to Gun moving forward, um, but uh, hopefully that Marvel can pick up the pieces with this because again they have uh, a really good thing going with the Guardians. So uh, let's uh, let's wrap up the show talking about the last two movie panels we had from Sony talking about uh, Venom and Spider Man into the Spider Verse. That was all. Yes. Uh, let's start off with Venom first. Again, no footage released to the public, but. People did get to see some footage there. And what is being described from what I've read, it seems very graphic. Uh, they seem that we seem to have seen 
some pretty tame footage. The footage I'm seeing, uh, Venom seems very cannibalistic. So, so we confirm that R rating. Yeah, it oh. seems that that R rating is is, is <laughs> yeah. definitely a thing. I, I though it seems, for a while though, I thought we were going PG thirteen. Though it does, what, what I will say though, in, in the the article I read from the Hollywood Reporter, it does seem like some of this violence they kept writing about. It seems like it was like off camera in a way. Like he's insinuating he's doing like he's eating people, but then like you don't really see it. Right. But I don't. I mean, again, when you're writing about it, it's kind of hard to say. Okay, is there blood splatter? Like what? What are we seeing? So I'm not gonna. I mean, I think. I mean, if he's eating guys, I find it hard to believe that that's not R, even if we're not seeing it. But I, I get the impression that yeah, the violence in this is is definitely there. Um, you guys said there was. I think you said that they revealed the villain. Yeah, Riz Ahmed is gonna be a riot, mm-hmm. another symbiote, um, in the movie. So we had some villain news, some of the information about. How graphic the scenes are. I'm trying to maybe pull up. Uh, uh, so uh, in the Hollywood Reporter, uh, shout out to Aaron Couch who wrote this report. He said the footage uh, showed Venom's head stretching out of Brock's body to have a conversation with him at one point, similar to what might happen in the comic books, and Venom making actions with his own hands. In another scene, Venom has a bad guy in his grips and utters the line where he seems to eat him in parentheses, though that isn't shown. Eyes, lungs, pancreas, so many snacks, so little time. At one point, Venom is at a local market when he eats someone or perhaps just really, really hurts them. Uh, He then turns back into Eddie Brock and tells his regular cashier, I have a parasite. Hardy cited Legend, uh, in which he played two brothers as an inspiration for his work here because of role forces and to play two parts, Venom and Eddie Brock. So, so yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot happening there in terms of the, the, the violence that it seems that we're going to get in this movie. Shamari mentioned Ahmed playing Riot. Kendall, uh, any 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 thoughts on some of the details we learned about Venom this weekend? I'm a little disappointed they didn't show, release some more footage. That's, I guess the only thing I think of is that they really wanted to display radio R kind of stuff. They, you could do a red band, but I don't it's know how. It's not ideal. Yeah, it's not really ideal in terms of market a marketing game plan, unless you're Deadpool. Yeah. Uh... This, well, for one, they had also said that most people, well, there there was no spider logo emblem on his suit as well, which has been something people have been mm, wondering. Uh, so that may be out of the cards. I'm still not convinced we won't see it at some point, maybe at the end. But, uh, but no, nah, I mean, Venom, in terms of them not showing anything to the public, I'm not that upset only because we've already seen two yeah we just got a second trailer yeah we were seeing two videos of footage from venom the second one showed us venom which is really all i needed to see uh would it be nice to see venom doing stuff maybe but i'm not i'm not gonna like it doesn't make a difference you know like the only thing that it would do if they showed a lot of Venom doing stuff is give me more confidence that we'll get a lot of Venom. That's the only thing I'm still worried about is maybe there isn't that much Venom in the movie. But assuming that there is a good amount of Venom in the movie, then I, I mean I'm not worried. Give me I I don't just give me these two trailers, which we have now, and continue to tease. I mean TV spots once they those start to show up, we'll see everything. 
you know, the TV spots show you, like, like it feels like 75% of the movie, once you've seen all of them. So, I mean, I'm not worried about not having seen a whole lot, because I don't want to see too much with this movie, regardless. Shame. Um, it's all right, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I... I mean, I was hoping we'd get something. Um, though, I guess in hindsight, I guess it's, it's it's good that if they're hiding, you know, some stuff. And I, I at least know that what they showed was good. I think that's probably more important, ultimately, you know. Uh, it's not that they didn't show anybody anything. <laughs> like, what they showed was good. They're just keeping it from most people. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, st- I, I still, of course, wish, you know, we could have gotten some. You know, that's always what I hope for when, whenever uh, we have these uh, media events like this. Um, How do you know we won't get it? Eh, next, uh, I don't think we're hours. gonna get it. I don't think we're gonna get it. <laughs> we're not gonna get it. Well, I mean, yeah. I'd be shocked. We're not getting in HD, but yeah. <laughs> so basically, we're not gonna get it. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't think. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think we're gonna get it. But yeah, it's still unfortunate that we didn't get to see anything. I like what I'm hearing. I like that your Venom is uh, very violent. A lot of people were worried about that, too. Uh, worried about, oh, this Venom, is he actually going to be Venom? And it's right. like, oh, this is really going to be Venom <laughs> if he's doing the things that have just been described. Um, and uh, I'm very excited that we're getting another symbiote. That's really... So you are excited about that? I am. I am excited. Not worried about the copycat villain? Uh, No. I feel like I feel like if you know he wasn't fighting a symbiote, then who is he fighting? It's you not Spider Man, yeah. Yeah, if it's not Spider Man, that's that's my concern. So I don't mind that it's gonna be another symbiote. I feel like if it's done well, it could be really really cool. Okay, I mean, I I, I, I the only question I have obviously is if uh, there's a the, I guess a leaked footage of Venom. I mean, again, I think he looks really good there. Um, I guess the only concern would be if you're gonna do another symbiote Venom villain why are you not doing carnage he just seems like a weird it, it kind of reminds me it's it, to me it's like worse than black manta where it's like you're really gonna you're gonna save that trump card well for who they want for carnage for, they want carnage for a venom sequel oh, you think you're getting like you're banking on a venom sequel That's, <laughs> that seems ridiculous because a sequel doesn't banking on a sequel doesn't mean like your movie can't be great it just means i'm saying to get a sequel, people have to go out and see it. And they're going... What, it's in October, right? Yeah. So they're going for the Halloween feel. That's certainly a smart idea. Um, but I, I can't say for sure Venom's going to do great numbers. I still don't have a really good feel for how Venom's going to do. I think they need to do a trailer where we see Venom. I, I think the fact that they've hit him so much has, I think, hurt them in terms of excitement for the movie. So... Yeah, if I were, if I were Sony... Now look, I don't I don't work for these companies. I, I can only recommend business strategies. <laughs> you know that's what I did with Justice League, where I said they got to show a Superman if they want to make the most money possible. Uh, not surprising, Justice League didn't do as well as they would have hoped because they didn't listen to me. But um, if I were Sony and I was creating a business strategy, I would. Uh, really focus on showing us as much venom as possible. I kind of agree. You know, they did DC did an excellent job with Suicide Squad. That was along with Deadpool, the two best marketing uh campaigns I've seen in the last like 8 years. 
of these movies. And Venom is a movie that you could get people to go see if you showed a lot of Venom. Even if you didn't have a lot of Venom. I don't know what they've got. But I know the thing. We all, it, no one knows what they have. It's a have. movie called Venom, so I'm hoping they have enough Venom to show in a, in a, in a bunch of trailers. So ideally, if show as much as you can to the point of not spoiling stuff, and people will go see it. Because their Venom looks good. It's not like, it's not like he's a bad-looking Venom. Uh, it's not like Venom's a character people don't know. I think they could get real buzz and excitement similar to what Suicide Squad had. Based off, it's a Tom Hardy movie with Venom, and Venom looks great. But right now, they're just selling it as this is a Tom Hardy movie, and, and it's yeah. Venom. But <laughs> but there's no Spider-Man. Yeah, there's no Spider-Man. We don't know what Venom looks like. And I think unlike like Avengers Infinity War or even like Homecoming, like those movies are like contingent on you not knowing a lot, because like especially Infinity War, because and Civil War, because. No, it it could lead to massive spoilers where you're showing too much. Yeah, Venom is one of the movies like we kind of it doesn't really matter how much you show us in a trailer. Yeah, like it's one of the rare movies where if you showed me a lot, I mean, assuming you have a lot of Venom, I mean if, you, if you're gonna show me every shot Venom has, okay, well that's be a little problem. disappointing. Yeah, that's a little, and let's hope that's not why they're hiding him because they don't got that much. Yeah, but you have a lot of Venom. If you show me a lot of him, I don't think that that's an issue. Yeah, uh, no one's like. I'm not trying to remember every shot I've seen the trailer for Venom and then watching the movie. Like, I watched a zillion trailers I watched for Infinity War. So you can probably get away with it more in that film. Uh, let's do the last story talking about the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. So, of course, this is the animated movie. It's one of the only... It's really the only uh, feature animated movie we have that's coming out this year. I, we haven't... I don't know if we've had a superhero feature movie. Incredibles, I guess. The only one. Yeah, that's Incredibles, I guess. Uh, but that's, I guess, based on uh, comic book characters. I guess this would be the first one that aren't original characters. So there was a lot of different details that came out. Obviously, uh, we, we learned a little bit about um, how uh, how Miles kind of factors into the the the, the Spider Verse. He gets his new powers. He's, he's immediately approached by a Peter Parker who is a lot different than the Peter Parker we're more accustomed to. This guy is over the hill. He's in his forties. He's out of shape. So uh, not necessarily the, the neighborhood Spider-Man that we've grown to love. He's actually Peter Parker who's uh, thinking about quitting. There we also meet uh, Spider-Gwen who's also in the story. Uh, and then they confirm that we'll see uh, Spider-Noir and uh, Penny Parker and Spider-Pig as well in this movie. So they're going all in in terms of showing us as much spider characters as possible again we know the movie is spot into the spider-verse when you hear the word spider-verse that we know what that means that means there's there's like dozens of spider-men out there and how many will they show it seems like quite a lot uh shamari any any thoughts on on a little bit of stuff we heard about uh the stuff coming out of the spider uh into the spider-verse panel i'm looking forward to seeing all these spider-men um i mean the title kind of implied that we were getting going to be getting a lot of different spider-men um, I'm glad that the focus is going to be my on Miles Morales as Spider-Man, because um, I feel like he right now he, well, I mean Spider Spider Gwen's kind of coming up, but I feel like he's kind of the main alternate Spider-Man right now. Right. Um. So I feel like that makes sense, and uh, I don't know. I just have a, I have a very good feeling. I have a, a very very good feeling. And of course, I'm also hearing that the what they showed at the 
into the Spider-Verse panel was great. Blur footage they showed was like yeah. spectacular. So so yeah, I have, a, I have a really good feeling. I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on this movie. I feel like this is going to be a really, really good movie. Even if it doesn't like destroy the box office. But I feel like it's going to be a very, very quality uh, superhero film. Yeah. Um, for me, when I, when I realized that all those characters... I mean, when I got the when we saw the title, I thought like this would just be Spider Man, Miles Morales, and Peter Parker, and maybe you know you sprinkle in Spider Gwen if you want, but I thought Into the Spider Verse was just gonna be like a cross between those two, primarily, and it still may be that, but when you hear that they are gonna add in Spider Noir and all these other Spider Man characters, it makes you wonder. Well, one, it it reminds me of. The last time I saw this wasn't that long ago. It was Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, the show kind of got off the rails a little bit at the end. And they started to do this kind of stuff where there was like eight Spider-Men. And <laughs> yeah. I, I lost track. You know, I was like, wait, who's this? You know, Iron Spider was in it. And, you know, Amadeus Cho was Iron Spider. And <laughs> Miles Morales jumped in. And, you know, I think Charles Gambino was playing Miles Morales at that point. Like, it's a lot of wild stuff. But, um... Hopefully this does it in a way that's a little more like contained, not so random, but uh, it sounds very similar to that same story. Just the difference is this will probably be told from Miles Morales' perspective as opposed to the Peter Parker perspective. So this has a chance to be very good. Um, I also would wonder how much of this is going to be Miles Morales' story from the sense that it, I know it's going to be from his perspective, but is it going to be in his world, his villains, you know, how much will the prowler play a role? Um, or is it going to be like Miles Morales on some adventure into a million different spider worlds running into a million different Spider-Man? I don't know. That's why I need another trailer. This one, I needed another trailer. Venom, I didn't need one because I had already seen t- twice and it's Venom. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not expecting something super elaborate, but this one, we didn't get a whole lot from the first one, so I would like to see a little bit more. Yeah, I think that uh, this is, but I think this is also kind of a movie where I kind of think I'm, I'm more happy that I don't I haven't seen that much yet, because this seems like a movie where you can end up seeing a lot of surprises when you're talking about all the different spider characters that be coming. They're confirming a lot of them so far. But there could be more down the pike that we still don't know yet. So I'm okay with them kind of holding back on footage. Uh, I think I do think I want to see Green Goblin, though. Uh, he's, you know, the villain of this movie. And I thought the poster that they released and the art they released was really unique. It kind of reminded me of Samurai Jack, mm-hmm. which is awesome. <laughs> but I haven't seen art like that for a superhero movie in a while. And the art in this that we've seen for this movie is like very unique. So it's CGI art, but it's just art that I haven't really seen. I really haven't seen anyone do the kind of stuff they're trying to do with this movie. So um, I kind of want to see what Green Goblins are going to actually end up looking like. So maybe that would have been nice to see. But I like what I'm hearing. I think the more Spider characters, the better. And I like that they uh, that they are invested in making this a Miles Morales story because that was a big thing. You know, it's a big. Uh, it's a gamble whenever you decide to do a Spider-Man. It's not Peter Parker, regardless of how established Miles is. But they said that they were super 
uh, invested in doing Miles. You know, Phil Lord, who's a producer in the movie, said uh, when Sony came to them about doing the animated Super Spider-Man that they were adamant about doing it and centered around Miles Morales so that they would not do it at all. So that when you have a, a production team that's that invested in a character, that usually means good things. They didn't come to them saying, here, do this and make this work. They want to do this movie centered around Miles Morales. I'm hoping that they are able to do that story the justice it deserves. Real quick, um, I don't know if you guys heard the rumor about how uh, very, very wild rumor out there that Marvel may be developing uh, for Phase 4 uh, an Iron Heart movie centered around Riri Williams. I don't know if you guys. Are I, I think I read. I heard something about that. I didn't. I haven't. This is the first time I'm hearing about this. Yeah, they're there. There's that's, that's like a huge rumor. Though. It's not. It's not I mean, no source. There's nothing substantiated. There was like there was a you know, website called the Blacklist that I believe, like, puts out like like uh, scripts for movies or something like that. Uh, unused scripts. Um, had one for Ironheart. It had like a, a blurb of like you know. You know, an African American woman, you know, becomes a superhero without Tony Stark, blah blah blah. blah. And it, it had a writer, had somebody that wrote it, Jada Rodriguez, and the hashtag children came in and said that yes, this hints that Marvel may have commissioned this writer to write a script for this movie. And that included Tony Stark, as you said? Yeah, the, the description of the movie so had Tony Stark in it. Because we've always talked about the big thing of, will, will Tony he, survive yeah. past his next when movie? When he survived this movie and then pass it over to Riri Williams, they wouldn't announce a movie like this before Infinity, before Avengers 4 came out, obviously. but My question is, will it, is it going to be easier for them to... like my My biggest question with whatever Marvel does post Avengers 4 is if it's the end of an era for Cap and Iron Man I mean what will make the transition into their you know replacements slash successors what will make that transition easier well one my question was will it be trans you know successors and and people like that if this is true then that suggests that there will be for Iron Man and my question is will it be easier if they're just dead or will it be better if they're alive but not working as heroes like i i, I kind of don't know honestly i feel like it robert downey is such a huge factor that i can't help i mean look he was a great assist to tom holland's yes spider-man in uh homecoming but i mean it's different though when he's training someone and helping someone wear an iron man suit I think and you know we know Riri makes her own suit and I, he probably just tweaks it to to be how great it was. But like that that seems like a step above where it's like, man, are we not going to be whole time just thinking like, yo, just put just put Downey in the suit and let him go? I I think this is going to be like a Creed situation. I don't think we're gonna by the time I mean Downey is still going to be like not that old. He's not gonna be like you know eighty, but like I like in the movie it might be like yeah, this guy can't be Iron Man. Right. Like he's too old, but. Like, he's still around this character for whatever reason. Uh, I think this could be could end up being very interesting. Some people speculated maybe Shuri should end up becoming Ironheart yeah. uh, if she doesn't become Black Panther. I was could, wondering about that, but I don't think she should. 
changes the origin yeah, of the character very much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, she's not Riri Williams, so. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Just something interesting that I thought uh, we didn't mention it now, we'd never mention it, so. Any, you have any quick thoughts on it, Shannon, before I get out of here? Uh, I think that would be interesting. Um, I don't know. I, it would just have to be timed well. And um, it would it would have to be done well. What I also will say is, does this fit my Young Avengers theory? Yes, I've been throwing this out there, man. That would be the third character. Yeah, that would, that would that would make sense to be in that. Have, now, have, how uh, does Harley Keener overlap? I always thought he would just become Iron Man or something like that. Well, is Keener maybe the kid? The maybe is Keener the guy in the chair? What do you mean? Like just like Ned is the guy like in the chair for Speeder. Oh, for her. Yeah, that could also. Or be for it. the Avengers, is he their Jarvis? Right. Maybe. We don't know how or, his character will unfold. Yeah. Uh, well, I was gonna say or like her Pepper Potts or whatever. Though Pepper Potts, I feel that's more of a lesser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, man. Not much yeah. of a guy. The assistant. <laughs> um. No, I, mean, that's, I think that I would agree. I think that would be another character that would been, be possibly be used for a Young Avengers movie. I would buy that. Um, I think that's a place to wrap part one of our New York, uh, San Diego Comic-Con recap. It's uh, a long part one. So I hope you guys stuck around and enjoyed it. We'll have part two coming up shortly. If you're listening to this later in the week, we're at part two up. So just, if, you, if you want to hear more stuff, of our Comic Con coverage, just click on the part two, and we'll continue to cover talking about uh, TV shows that will be that were uh, showcased over the weekend. So take a look at that, and again, take a look at our YouTube channel, Generation Media, and get the first initial reaction that Kendall and I had for Aquaman, uh, the trail that was released at San Diego Comic Con today. That does it for now. This week we'll be back uh, with Hero Talk Part Two. Check that out. And then we'll see you guys in a bit. For Kendall, I'm EJ. See you soon. Peace.